All right. Hello, Askalika. Welcome aboard, everyone. And today I'm really excited because I have with me Ingrid Thompson, and she is my first or our our first interstate guest. Welcome aboard, Ingrid. Thanks for having me on board, Zion. Cool. So, Ingrid, you do a lot of things. You own a training education business. You coach people who want to start a business. You've got a book. You've got a podcast. Uh, tell us more about what you do in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Thank you so much. Well, what I do is I work with people who are thinking about starting a business. So there's a lot of people either really overtly talking about, I want to start a business, or they have this little quiet dream kind of somewhere inside them that thinks that a business would be a great thing to have. And so I have a podcast where we interview terrific people like yourself. And um, and I, there's, we're up to about episode 60, and we've interviewed a range of different people to learn from people who've already done it. I've written a book called So You Want to Start a Business, which has the seven steps, and I have an online program and community. Wonderful. Wow. And the sole, the sole purpose of it is to show people what's involved, follow the steps, and you can not guarantee because nothing's a guarantee these days, but if you follow those steps, you set yourself up with the best foundations for starting yeah. a business. Yeah. And, and that's really interesting. Like how often do you find uh, people who want to start a business but you know that they're not really made for it. Like, is that a common thing or is it a small proportion of people or? Hmm, It's such a good question. So in the, I've probably been working in this area for about eight or nine years because I ran a community college program, which is how I actually got to this point. Hmm. I ran a college, community college program called How to Start a Business. And the sort of people who came to it, when we went through the different modules and we talked to them about what was involved, People said, oh, I thought I'd start my business next week. Maybe it'll be six months before I start. Let me go do the work first. So I think for some people, it's not so much that they're not suited. It's just that now's not the right time, that there's a bit more work to do first and and go do that work. And then with that knowledge, with that information, with some money in the bank, with some um, resources, some research, some minimum viable products, yeah, so that you actually know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And what is the most underrated thing that people need to do when they start a business? Find out that there's a need for what they want to do. I mean, wow. just because you love knitting tea cozies, there has to be someone out there who wants to buy a whole lot of tea cozies. So it's, it's so many people are in love with what they do. So, you know, one, is someone else already doing it and is there a proven market and can you somehow do it differently to differentiate yourself or is the market already flooded and there's no opportunity or is there no market at all? Mm. Wow. And that's so cool because I I have been speaking to um, other business owners and uh, especially those who work with startups, whether it's an app developer or a software developer, and even us, we work with a lot with startups. And they say that the biggest thing is what you said is, is people don't know if the market actually wants what they are offering. Uh, and yeah. I find that so, and, and that's, you know, I was talking to an app developer uh, some time ago on the podcast and he said, yep, that's the number one thing. People need to find out if what they are offering is actually <laughs> needed or wanted. 
Well, and I think it's so true. And in my personal example is, so I've written this book, I have the podcast, I have, you know, training. Not everybody wants this. There are people out there who just want to do it by the seat of their pants. They just want to make their mistakes. They just want to find it out as they go. And that's a terrific way to do it as well. You know, I spoke to someone yesterday who started his own media company and he's quite successful, but he said, I made a lot of mistakes. And some people are really resilient to that. People are happy to do that. But there are some people who like to be planful. There are some people who like to know what they're getting into. And that's my people. And I know these people exist because I have clients and they love what I do. So, yeah. yeah. And it just shortcuts the whole process. I mean, why go through pain if you, you don't have to? Yeah. <laughs> and spend a lot of money, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, tell me about how, you know, how did you start this business? Did you do it out of university? Were you working in somewhere else? Well, I my first business, uh, you know, I, I, I've always done things for money. Um, I actually, I'm a completer. I really like to see things completed. And I remember um, I finished somebody's jigsaw for them when I was about 10, I think. And they actually paid me. They bought me an ice cream because I finished their jigsaw. So (laughs) was that my first business, finishing jigsaws for people? But I I was made redundant from the corporate world um, in around the early 2000s. And I'd had a very successful career. I was never, I was going to say I was never unhappy in the corporate world, but I was not one of those people who just pined to get away from the cubicle. You know, I I loved what I did in the corporate world. I worked hard. I had a great career. But one day they turfed me out and I thought, oh, what am I going to do now? And I had been, because I had an accounting background and I'd been working in training, somebody said to me, um, Ingrid, could you come and be our bookkeeper? And I thought, bookkeeper? (laughs) Anyway, at the same time, I was making a bespoke as a hobby. I was making bespoke sleepwear. So I combined this bookkeeping um, side hustle with trying to get a a clothing business off the ground. And uh, so the two, anyway, the clothing business went by the way and um, the bookkeeping became outsourced CFO, became working with small businesses. And then when I started doing that community course a few years ago mm. and then I realised that there was a real gap and there's a there's not such a gap now. There's other people helping people get started now. But when yeah. I started working on the book, when I started my first online program, there weren't very many places that someone who wanted to start a business could go. And now yeah. I think it's, it's a bit of a crowded marketplace, but I think there's plenty of room for everybody. Yeah, I mean, would you, would you go back to working in corporate? Oh, sometimes I'm so tempted. (laughs) Sometimes I'm really tempted, yeah, Yeah. because I had a really good time. You know, I I miss some of the the collaboration, the collegiality. I'm, you know, I'm a people person. I'm a team player. I love that part. I mean, there's the frustrations, of course, but, you know, I worked with some terrific people. I was inspired by some really terrific people. So, yeah, no, I don't think I would because I enjoy my flexibility too much now. And some of the corporates can do that, but, yeah, not really. Yeah. So how did you get your first set of customers? I mean, did you start with a a small base already or did you have to go hunting? Well, I had to hunt. Um, With the sleepwear um, business, I just went to the markets. I was at the markets every week. I set up my stand. I was reliable. I was there. And honestly, that is one of the hardest things I have ever done you know on a morning when you don't feel like it packing the car up the friday night before getting up at 5 a.m to drive to the markets and get set up pouring rain freezing cold blistering heat 
<laughs> I, oh, was, I was at the markets one Saturday when um, George Bush was in town and, uh, you know, the whole the whole of Sydney shut down so there was no market, nobody came. Anyway, I've, look, it was terrific and the thing I learned was that the customer is the most important person and that if you're reliable to the customer and you give them what they want, they come back and they... Uh, they honour what you're actually producing. So then the, with the bookkeeping, what happened was I kind of networked a bit. People recommended me when people knew how easy I made numbers sound, more people wanted to work with me. And that is one of the things that I work really strongly with in the business now is that so many people say to me, oh, I'm not interested in the numbers or, oh, heavens, the finances and their eyes glaze over or roll back in their heads. But I have a way of making the numbers interesting and making them understandable. And I think that's one of my strengths and it allowed me to find new customers easily. Yeah, wonderful. So what is your biggest failure? You know, thank you for sending me that question and preparing me for it because somebody else asked me a similar question. <laughs> and when I gave my answer, um, somebody I know had listened to the podcast and said, geez, Ingrid, is that the best you could come up with as your biggest failure? And I think it's, you know, it probably goes to my character. I think I am naturally predisposed to um, the happiness gene, to yeah. um positive outlook to not Pollyanna because that's the wrong end of the spectrum but I don't really see things as failures but recently and it really caused me to go deep to find an answer to your question because I think people want to know what is it that you do wrong so I went to somebody for some advice um, and someone I knew quite well and I think I misunderstood the relationship and he helped me and then he sent me this invoice that was just the most phenomenal amount of money and I hadn't asked how much he was going to charge me. Anyway, I paid it, not begrudgingly because the help was good, but I think the big lesson for me was just never, never take for granted the relationships we have. Be really clear, expectations, who's doing what. Yeah, so it's not really a failure, but it kind of was a big dent in my bank account at the time. Oh, wow. So, yeah. That's a really good example, though, very specific. Yeah, really um, clear about cost, yeah. really clear about who's doing what, and, and, you know, when we make the commitment because, you know, it's... Yeah, hmm. even if it's awkward because it's always hard to talk about those things. <laughs> the money. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I'm doing it yeah. this morning and you're like, oh, why don't I do it later? You procrastinate, oh, why don't we talk about that requirement later and if that's included or in scope or not and blur, but you just got to do it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And, I, and, and it's like, well, I, I always do it by saying, okay, so one of my favourite subjects is money. How about we talk about the money? Yeah, you make it like a... <laughs> Healthy numbers, okay. it's about yeah. money. Let's just talk about the money. Yeah, and it's the elephant in the room. So if you just say it in that kind of way, people are like, okay. Um, what is your biggest success? Oh, I think the book and writing it, um, I wrote it as a self-published book. It was accepted by an international publisher. Oh, um, uh, Completely by chance. Um, and then the continuing acknowledgement and endorsement that I'm getting for it. Um, wow. And also the fact that it just will help so many people. You know, I had a terrific, um, I had an event last week at the launch and I had somebody come back to the, me with the book and it had all these little post-it notes down the side where she'd shut, where she'd put post-it notes. She flicked through it. There was highlighter pen. There was pencil marks. Um, you know, she's done some of the activities. So for me, 
like it's a success, but it's a success for her because she's read it, she's used it, it's out there doing what it was meant to do. Amazing. So, oh, before I go on to the next question, um, any tips for people that want to write a book? Like (laughs) Diligence. Okay, two tips, diligence, and it takes so much longer than you think it's going to. It's like everything. Everything takes longer than you think it's going to. How long did yours take? Well, I started it four years ago and I started to write the wrong book and then I got clear about what I was doing. I wrote the whole book well, most of it over the previous Christmas, so not Christmas 17, Christmas 16. Mm. And I was in the editing process in the early half of last, so this time last year, and that's when the American publisher contacted me and said, would you be interested in us looking at your book? And that has now taken, I have books in my hand right now, but it's officially being launched on the 12th of June. So it will be on Amazon. International. So that's a lot longer than it would have been if I had self-published, but I think it yeah. was worth the wait. Oh, yeah, and, and it's called So You Want to Start a Business? Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. How, did they, how did they pick you up? Somebody said to them, hmm, you might want to have a look at this book. It's, and, and I think because it's actually universal principles and it's relevant today, it's relevant in five years' time, you know, it's okay, a couple of the links will be a bit out of date, but, you know, seriously, the, the content was relevant 20 years ago. It'll be relevant in 20 years' time. Wonderful. 12th of June. Um, Thank you. So, what, yeah, what do you think are the biggest keys to success for you as a business person? I think my persistence and tenacity. I think, um, yeah, I think the fact that I just keep going. I mean, there's some days when you just can hardly get out from under the doona. And, in fact, there's a chapter called What Do You Do on a Doona Day? And, um, and and for people overseas, they won't know what that is, so I had to put a little asterisk and explain what that was because overseas people don't call it that. But it's like what do you do when you, you know, don't want to keep going? And I think for all of us in business there are days like that and it's important that everybody knows that there will be. But there were days like that in the corporate world too, you know, like yeah. – it's in, and there's days, you know, whether you're a mother or whether you're a sister or whether you've got cats or dogs, you know, or you do swimming training, there's always days when you don't want to do it. So I think persistence is so critical. Yeah. And kindness. I think I'm genuinely kind. I think um, there's room for more of that in our community. Um, yeah. I, I would agree with that. Um, so <clears throat> is that something that you, you've been able to train, this resilience gene, or, or is it just something you were born with, do you think? A little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> I think my mum said to me one day, she said, if I was ever going to give somebody something to do, I'd give it to you because your tenacity, like you just don't give up on something. Yeah. You know, like I might look like I've set it aside and then it comes up again. It's like, so what were we saying about that? So, yeah. <laughs> Are you a competitive person, Ingrid? You know, it's interesting. I'm not especially competitive, but if you ask my family, they would say I am actually extremely competitive. <laughs> I think so it sort of lurks there under the surface. It lurks there. I think you have to be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> but, so. you know, years ago I had a – I worked um, – for CSR and the CEO of CSR won a Order of Australia award and um, Mr Burgess I sent him a note and I said congratulations and he said you know what it's a bit like a golf score you're just competing with who you were yesterday and so I think competitiveness in that sense is how can I be a better person today you know I just that's and it's that sort of competitiveness it's more about how do I get better it's not like how do I beat that person so they feel no 
No, no, no. And I think there's room for everybody. There's room for every business. You know, I, I, there's lots of competitors in my space. You know, there's lots of other business coaches. There's lots of other business educators, but there's room for everybody. So from that competition, and I say in the book, talking about competition, you know, it keeps the standard high. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. And you have probably answered this already, but tell me if there's anything else you want to say about it. I was going to ask you what your strengths are as a business operator. You said persistence and kindness. Yeah, so I think um, I'm smart. I'm prepared to figure things out. I love to learn new things. Um, You know, I know what worked a year ago isn't going to necessarily work today. So I think those sort of strengths, um, persistence, a bit patient, um, you know, just being able to say, okay, so it is taking a little bit longer than I thought. Um, And, you know, I've just had a negotiation this week about something that didn't go quite the way everybody would have liked it. But we all just stayed calm and the whole thing has been resolved um, really nicely for everybody. You know, everybody's, everybody's a winner. So I think that sort of ability to stay calm and but see where we can go forward like that's the past it's how it happened how do we fix it Uh, yeah and so and you're a big learner and I can tell like Mm. you've got this whole podcast set up you're really good with the technology how do you learn are you a big youtuber do you do you read books do you you know how do you how do you do it all of the above (laughs) so I I enroll in courses I pay money I'm totally happy if somebody's good at something to learn from them I um I read what others do I listen I watch watch blogs I google in YouTube like you say um I go I've just learned how to use Asana which is a fantastic Mm. tool so I've watched some of the videos on that I've asked other people how do they use Asana I'm never frightened to ask questions because I think the only dumb question is the one you don't ask yeah, yeah, wonderful. Mm. Okay, so what what is the future of your business over the next one, three, five years? Well, the book is going to become an online program and there's a workbook that's in production right now. So there's it, there's a lot of templates and things in the book. So they all yep. that workbook is like we're on a bit of a deadline for the 12th of June for that one. Um, and because my ethos is around education, it's about having something online that helps people with the book. So what we're doing is we're saying there's seven steps. So if we take two weeks for every step, that's 14 weeks. So from we can start together and finish together in a 14-week program and take people through the 14 weeks, seven steps, seven chapters in that time. So we can have some live Q&As. So that's that's going to be my pilot program for that online program. There is currently an online program that says, so you want to start a Pilates business. And there's a number of people who have done that already. It's very specific to Pilates. It applies to yoga and some of those other health industries. But this will be much more generic. This will take us through the... Um, and then ultimately, I would like to impact a hundred a million people i was gonna say 100 million people oh wow maybe it's 100 million people <laughs> you've got to China for that <laughs> to, to prepare to create and grow their business so you know that's my goal is a million people i've got a few to go but um mm. you know we're heading those zeros are slowly appearing on the on you know and that's through podcasts through the book through the online through people that link with me on linkedin um yeah and you just never know, yeah. you never know who you're going to touch as you put content out there. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. I want to ask you, before I go on to the next questions, um, 
I want to ask you about content marketing. You do it really well. And, and that's how we found you. Like, <laughs> you know someone's successful when they're findable. And you, oh, were, you, you. ranked quite highly on iTunes. Um, oh, and so we found you. We, we reached out and you were like, yeah, cool. Let's get together. Um, content marketing. What are your strategies? What are some kind of high-level concepts? Or it doesn't have to be high-level. What are some concepts that you can give to people about content marketing? Well, Zion, firstly, I'd like to say thank you for that compliment because coming from you and your industry, that's quite a compliment to say that I'm doing it well. Um, consistent, again, I think it can't, you know, it's think back to the markets. It's every yeah. Saturday. I've sent a newsletter out to my community every two weeks for the last six or seven years. My podcast, we had a little break over um, the summer this year because there was a couple of things going on, but I've done a podcast pretty much every two weeks for the last couple of years. So, you know, it's by being consistent, putting information out there. You know, there's over 100 articles on LinkedIn. There's 300 blogs on my website. Um, you know, so it's about creating content, wow. answering questions, being available. I've had a webinar every month for the last 18 months. Wow. Yeah. And some of us just give up too easy. And I used to be like that growing up. I wasn't very resilient mm, until mm. probably in my 20s. Like, um, and I totally, I think about it and it's almost like, you know, someone wants to do something six months in, oh, my podcast's not working. Oh, my, you know, my <laughs> blog's not working. It's like, it's six months. You've got to do it for years kind of thing. Yeah. By, the, by the time you get some kind of rhythm, um, you stop. Like a lot of people, by the time they get a rhythm, they stop. That's a really good point. You're right, actually. They do. Just as they, just as they yeah. shouldn't stop, they yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. Now, what is the project you're most excited about now? Is it the book? It is. It's the book online program, like getting that pilot out. That's yeah. my minimum viable product for the new online program. Um, you know, it's not going to cost very much. It's, you know, it's going to have a, a, you know, it's going to be great content because I'm still feeling my way about how that's yeah. going to work. I wanted to ask you, uh, and it's also a personal question, you know, because I've been thinking about how to scale uh, my business online because we do so much face-to-face and that's done yes. really well. But um, selling online courses, is that done to death? Is it is it too saturated or is there still a good market for that if, if you know? I think the market for that's changed. I'm, I'm not an expert on that, but I do know somebody told me some time ago that um, a, a statistic, something like, and I'm, I haven't retained the actual numbers, but something like 10,000 followers and you might sell five online programs. So there's this kind of huge difference between how many you might have and how many you might sell. And yet when we look at some people, they sell huge numbers of online programs. So being really smart about how you do it um, really goes back to fundamentals business 101, solve a problem. Create something that people want, create excitement around their outcome, deliver on what they're going to get um, and price it at a price that's affordable, make sure the technology works. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so it's not, you know, probably 10, 10 years ago, it, it's easy to break into that market. Probably your conversion mm. rates will be higher. Mm. But now you, it still works, but you've got to be even smarter, even more niche about it. I think so. And But the other thing is, you know, not everybody knows about podcasts. Not everybody knows about online training. And, you know, it's yeah. how do we do the online training and how do we blend it with face-to-face? 
you know, I was talking to somebody last week and he's right. much more interested in doing something face-to-face. But it takes, it takes real effort to get people in a room. You know, the chances of you having a date and a time that it's going to work for people. The joy of online is that people can do it at their convenience. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so lastly, is there anything else passionate about that you'd like to share? Well, I just think... I was having this discussion last week with someone who's very concerned about the way we teach children in the schools. Mm. And he said, oh, the education system, you know how people go, oh. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) I said, said, really? And he said, said, what about you? He said, how are these people going to start businesses? And I feel really confident that people will start businesses because there's more and more young people even now know someone who has a business. If I interview people who started their own business 20 years ago, most people didn't know anyone else in their own business. When I started my business 15 years ago, I didn't know anyone else who had their own business. I mean, you knew there was a plumber or you knew there was an architect, but I personally only knew corporate people. There was no TV shows. There were no radio interviews. Today, I'll guarantee every single person, if you ask them in the street, no one person who has their own business. So I'm passionate about helping people start a business fundamentally with the right foundations and it doesn't have to replace something else. It's about doing what they do and what they love and making money from it, whether that's a side hustle and then they can work part-time or whether it's something they do at the weekends or whether it's something they eventually do and create a life for their families, for themselves. So I think that's my passion is around, you know, I am enormously optimistic about the future and, yeah, I'm just so excited to be part of it. Yeah, the internet has exploded the opportunities Mm. for business. Mm. You look at some of the YouTubers, you know, that are earning a lot of money, they couldn't have done that 15 years ago. It's just not possible. No, um, you and I couldn't have done this no. two years ago. No, no, not at all. Not to this quality. You no. know, we would have had some sort of scratchy Skype thing that would have fallen out about three times. To- oh, sorry, Skype. Yeah. I mean, Skype's fine. But, you know, with everything that's changed, um, you know, you and I, it's almost like we're sitting in the same room. Yeah, I feel I feel lucky like that, mm. that we're in this time. I really do. Mm. And, and look, Ingrid, I'll, I'll, I'll probably release this um, when the book is is released so 12th that'd June. be nice thank yeah, you yeah so i'll put that in the show notes for everyone so click on the link and, and buy it off amazon or wherever um, thank you or booktopia if they're in australia booktopia. so i guess some of your audience is in australia yep. if they're overseas probably better to go for amazon but okay. in australia booktopia is probably a good choice okay wonderful and, uh, thank you wonderful i can't wait to read it you know i really want to read a copy so look ingrid thanks so much that was fantastic and look everyone have a great week thanks sion thank you so much (laughs) 